0: Welcome to How to Raise Finance for Property and Business, this special emergency masterclass. Only a few days ago, my dear friend and business partner and property no money down expert, Kevin MacDonald, and I decided to run this emergency Zoom masterclass. Why? Number one, so many Rob.team members are asking, oh, Rob, what about the property market? How do I get into property? Is there going to be a crash, property or economy in 2023? I'm not exaggerating to say I've had hundreds of that type of questions. Also, I like to bring guest experts in, really credible ones, in Rob.Team because you've had a lot of content from me and I don't want you to get bored of me. The next thing is I love to bring you opportunity. The purpose of Rob.Team is to help you start and scale your business. Get better financial education and knowledge. Make, manage and multiply money. Invest in assets. Produce recurring income. Build your personal brand. Get your tax bill down. Get your income streams up. Build your assets. And so that's why this, I believe, um, is a very timely training. Also, like I said, in my local area, in the last 60 to 90 days, just before um, the turn of the year, the relevant property segment of the market for most people went down 15%, which is huge. So that needed reporting. So I'm going to do the first sort of 30 minutes, and then I'm going to hand over to my dear friend and no money down property investing expert, Kevin McDonald. So I want to talk to you about general raising of finance. And then Kevin's going to talk to you specifically about property and real estate. And by the way, stay here to the end of me and the end of Kevin, because we've got a couple of very special um, reward bonuses for you for your loyal following of my work. So many people say that no money down is impossible or not possible. Here's the thing. Just because you don't know how to do it doesn't mean it can't be done. I can't do a triple spinning back kick, landing on someone's shoulders and choking them out with my legs in midair. But Bruce Lee could. <laughs> and every winner was once a beginner, and every master was once a disaster. And raising finance isn't, if you think about it, it's not new. It's not abnormal. Like in Silicon Valley, isn't every business started and scaled through finance raises? Don't they do seed raise and different rounds of raises? Don't they raise multiple times? My friend Al Barrett, who just sold his shares in Grenade, or I think he sold the whole company for 200 mil, but actually he sold it three times. What he did was he built it, then he sold shares in it and raised tens of millions then he carried on building it and sold more shares in it raising tens of millions and then the third round he sold the rest of his shares for 200 million so he did it three times so what i have to first do is get in your head and make help you understand that raising finance is a learnable skill like anything is learnable it's a system and a process the way you position and promote yourself, the type of deal that you get, how you package the offer. So what I'm going to do is take you through my story of doing it, give you the crest model, which is a great way to raise finance, give you some places to raise finance. And then in the comments, just address your objections and concerns and fears and difficulties around raising finance and pick some of them off. So. Let's start with getting your mindset in the right place. So first question in the comments, please. What do you think is the biggest barrier for you raising finance or anyone raising finance? Like, what do you find the most difficult? What's stopping and holding most people back from raising finance for property or business or a startup or a deal or whatever? Okay, so Axel has said know-how, knowing how to do it. That's the same for absolutely anything you want to do. You know, you have to learn to earn and, um, you know, your network is your net worth. And as you build credibility, experience and education, things get easier. But the paradox of know-how is everyone was once a beginner. Every master was once a disaster. So no one knows when they start anything. And the quicker you get in knowing nothing, the quicker you'll know everything. Okay. Connections. That's a good one as well, because, you know, if the only people you know are your broke family, by the way, no judgment when I say broke, broke just means skin. Um, Yeah. Then you can't go to them for a tenner, let alone a billy, a billion, a milli, a million. So as you build up your network, you build your net worth. Now, I don't ask for any money really. And the recent 20 million development that my business partner and I did, we self-funded. However, I know I've got 250, 300 people in my WhatsApp right here on my phone. If I needed to raise 20 million, 50 million, maybe hundred million, maybe more, who knows? I can reach out to them and leverage the relationship. So again, connections is like know-how. You don't know when you start, so start now and get perfect later. And connections, you don't have any until you start building them. So start building them. And I'm going to give you some places to build the right connections in a moment. Okay. So Stephen has said, don't like being in debt. Well, there's good debt and bad debt. And I don't like being in bad debt. And I love being in good debt. So um, you have to know the difference between the two. Because if your desire for not being in bad debt, which is smart, by the way, bad debt is getting loans for depreciating liabilities. But if your desire to not be in bad debt stops you getting in good debt, then it's hard to get into property because you've got to buy everything cash. And buying everything cash is difficult yourself. Raising cash from JV partners to fully fund deals is actually not that difficult. I don't bother raising little bits and deposits from partners. They do the full purchase price and the development or the refurb cost. So um, dislike being in bad debt, but like being in good debt. So, you know, my portfolio across all my assets, my properties and You know, if you put the training business in there, probably nearly $100 million value. And I've got at least 23 mil, maybe more of mortgages on that, at least. In fact, in my real estate portfolio, part of the business, I think we're about 65% load of value, maybe a bit less. It changes. I have to check with my business partner. He corrects me by 0.2344%. So I love good debt. And here's the thing. The banks want to get you into bad debt, but I leverage the banks and I get into good debt through the banks. Instead of the banks taking all my savings and lending it out and making money out of me, I borrow from them, which they can print for free and they lend to me and then I can leverage their money. So I want to earn on the banks rather than the banks earning on me. Okay, so some of you have said your mindset. Yeah, the skill set without the mindset will leave you upset. So when it comes to a mindset, there's there's various things that might hold you back from raising finance. Number one, why would anyone want to lend to me? Number two, I might um, not be credible yet. Number three, I might it's a risk. What if I lose it? You know, what if I damage the relationship and the reputation? They're natural questions that anyone would have borrowing money, and they can be protected with security restrictions, charges, contracts, and my crest model formula, and some tips that Kevin's going to give you after me. Okay. Right. So maybe we'll cover a few more of those. What I will tell you is this. Um, A good deal usually finds the money. Now, if you live in a vacuum with no people and no contacts and no information and no knowledge and no resources, of course, it's difficult. But no one lives in a vacuum. You live in a world where you can go to property meetings and business meetings, and you can go into the progressive property community and the disruptive entrepreneur community, and the nearly 10,000 rob.team members, and you can pitch yourself in the Telegram groups. And there's so many places, courses, resources, and networking events where you can meet people online and face-to-face. So actually, the connections are all there. You've just got to connect with them. Now, there's a saying in property that if you find a good deal, that it will find the money. And I mostly agree with that. A really good deal will find the money if it's not yours, it's someone else's. Um, So the better you get at sourcing, acquiring deals, the more likely it is that you'll raise the finance for the deals because everyone wants to make money. So one key skill of raising finance is to make sure you're pretty good at doing deals. Now, when it comes to business and property, certainly in the UK, it's actually really easy to find good deals because in the UK, the way that the um, estate agency or the, you know, the realtors as the Americans call it is all set up is that you can walk in. You don't need any kind of license. You can just go and buy a house. You don't need any insurances They don't charge you because they charge the seller. So you basically walk in and go and buy a 200 grand asset and you can develop a relationship with them. And there's no rules and regulations on them passing you, Better deals. It's all built on the relationship. Okay. So Hong has said taking on risk is a a worry. Well, I always say if you don't risk anything, you risk everything. What's the greater risk? Doing nothing, not having any assets, not getting any mortgages, leaving your money in the bank, getting much lower return than the banks get on your money. You think your money's insured, but it's not. There's a run on the banks. There's a possible debt ceiling crisis right now as we speak. Taxes go up. I mean, I, I think it's far riskier not to have your own property portfolio than, than having bonds and state pensions. I think that's far riskier than doing it yourself, far riskier. So you just got to look at risk. Here's the irony of risk. People who are scared of risk don't look at risk properly. And they think the things that are safe are actually safe, but they're more risky. And the things that are more risky are actually safer. I think it's much safer for you to own your own property than it is for you to have your money in the bank. Much safer for you to have your pension as your own property portfolio than it is in an estate pension. So it's just all about which viewpoint you look at risk from. Cheers, everyone, by the way. Thanks for tuning in. Okay, so I developed over the years the Crest formula for raising finance for property and business. And in 2006, I was £50,000 in consumer debt. In February 2007, I might... I did my first no money down deal with my business partner, Mark Homer. I met him at the end of 2006 at a a property networking event. The first one I ever went to and I didn't like it, you know, because I was an artist and didn't really like yuppies and suited up business people, you know, scammers. But that was just a reflection of my own victim mentality at the time. But thankfully, meeting Mark and going to that property networking event and getting recommended a couple of good books like Think and Grow Rich, my mindset changed over 2006. And I developed a relationship out of office hours with Mark. We went out socially a bit and got to know each other. And he helped me get a job in the property sourcing company that he was working for. And I thought, well, I've got nothing to lose because I'm in 50 grand worth of debt. So I might even work for free and just get paid commissions. And I got minimum wage and 500 pound commission for deals. And in that year, I sold a load of property deals with under Mark's tutelage and got myself out of debt. And in that year, while we were working for a property deal sourcing company, evenings and weekends, we bought 20 properties, none of my own money. Mark's money, his mum's money, his stepdad's money. In fact, my training suite, which is now worth million quid. And by the way, million quid in Peterborough is 20 million quid in London. And I'm just outside Peter, uh, London in Peterborough. Um, we bought that half a million and we bought, it all, we bought it with Mark's stepdad's money. And we paid him a percent a month. And we paid him back after nine months. So we bought it for 500. He got 9% of 500. I think within two or three years, it was worth 850. Because um, of the market conditions, it's got to be worth more than a million now. And of course, we lease it to our company, Progressive Property. There's about mm, 70 people in that, that specific office, maybe a bit more. Yeah, no, maybe nearer 100. And we got all the rent. And we've owned that now for, what, T minus 12 years, something like that. So in the second year, we did about another 30 deals. Now, when Mark and his parents ran out of money, um, my uncle and mum came into some money from my nan's um, inheritance. And then we started going to private investors and individuals. You know, when you can't get bank finance, you, you need to go to private individual finance because it's more negotiable. Basically, the more risk you are, the higher the interest that they'll charge you. But it's more negotiable. And it's a good way to step up to development or commercial finance, which is what we do now. So our 20 million rough value, latest project, 200 tenants, 99 apartment unit. We bought for 4 million, maybe spent 11. I have to get the numbers of Mark, but give or take. And that 11 was development finance from a commercial lender. We don't get individual buy-to-lets anymore, you know, mortgages. We have floating m- m- dozens of mortgages within one loan. Um, so 20 properties in the first year. From, by the way, we um, we didn't just keep them all. I mean, I keep them all now, but we used to source for other people as well because we couldn't afford 20 in year one and 30 in year two all for ourselves because um, Marco had limited funds, even though he was a millionaire then, he never told me. Um, so the ones that we couldn't, own ourselves, we'd source to other people so we could keep the the flow of deals coming. And fast forward to now, I own 360 properties with my business partner, 1,250 tenants. I mean, we've, I don't know how many properties we've bought and sold with the ones that we've sourced. We've probably sourced another 300 on top. Let's call it around 650 properties that we've bought and or sold or traded. Um, And for me, you could argue that all of those have been no money down because, if I didn't have the finance at the time, I did no money down deals with private investors. And then when I did make profit, I just rolled it back into property and reinvested it back in. And then we launched Progressive once, you know, about two years of doing this. And people were talking about myself and Mark, these young kids still in their twenties, can't even grow a beard. And, you know, they're getting all these properties, no money down, That's, that can't be right. That must be a scam. How are they doing it? What a of bullshit. Come on, we've, we've got to challenge these guys. And so we were getting a lot of questions and we ended up, writing a book, Property Investing Secrets, which is, you know, we've now written Property Investing Secrets, Cash in a Crash, No Money Down Property Investing. And I think I've authored now 18 business and property books. And that's the journey. And in that journey over the years, by the way, Mark and I have never lost any money. We've never not paid a a lender back. We've never gone bust. We've never had a deal repoed. And some people would say, well, you know, that's part of the experience. And yeah, but I'm proud that we haven't. So even though it might look like we've scaled a lot, I'm actually, when it comes to borrowing people's money, I'm relatively risk averse. I always give them charge. I always have good contracts. I always make sure it's fair. Because, um, you, you know, I want to be in this business for a long time. Okay. So in this time, the ups and downs, the highs and lows, the ebbs and flows. Um, I learned a little model of, you know, I had various billionaires that were mentors of mine or I interviewed for the disruptors. Um, podcast, which has been going seven years, or we got some mentors along the way. One billionaire property investor, Andreas Paniotto, helped us out. James Kahn mentored us. Um, We did a lot of training and education back then. Loads of courses. For me, uh, it's it's a no-brainer to think about investing in a course. Like, why would someone spend two grand on a TV? 65-inch when you probably only need 50-inch, but not on a course to learn to earn. So for me, I stopped buying depreciating liabilities and TVs and clothes and all of that for years. And I just bought courses and investments and mentoring and masterminding. And, you know, I remember being told, and I say it now to people, the more you learn, the more you earn. Your network is your net worth. Um, You know, your best asset is your knowledge. I was taught this by my mentors 15 years ago, and I really believe this to be true. So it wasn't by accident. I hustled and I learned. But I also went out and did it. Now, if you wanted to be a doctor, a dentist, a lawyer, seven to ten years, getting your degree and all the regulation. All the insurance, all the things you can't do, all the debt you have to get in. Whereas you can today immediately with no license, no masters, no bachelors, no nothing, go in and buy houses. So it's great. It was great to start up. Okay, so the five main elements of raising money that you need to tick off. Are credibility return exit security trust? Credibility return exit security trust. So if someone is a potential lender, investor, partner, financer, Kev will probably talk about the difference between a lender and investor, private financer, a JV partner. Number one. Are you credible? Number two, what return can they get? Number three, what's their exit? Number four, what's their security? And number five, do they trust you? So credibility, people think, oh, you have to have 20 properties to be able to raise money. No, no, no. Credibility is everything about you. So if you've written, you know, I've written a lot of books in property investing. That's credibility. Um, I started with nothing and did 20. No money down deals in year one. That's credibility. You can see back there, broken world records. That's credibility. I'm on on social media a lot with a lot of followers. That's credibility. Your previous career is credibility. There are a lot of things about you that are credible, not just that you've got 100 properties, because until you've got 100 properties, you haven't got 100 properties. So remember that credibility, all of credibility, return, exit, security, and trust, these are all perceptions of the individual investor. And remind me at the end, and I'm going to give you a beautiful little hack question, which can get right in and understand the mentality of the investor so you can package a deal or a proposal to them. So credibility is not just your direct experience in the thing that you're doing. Because by the way, credibility could be the strength of the deal itself. The deal is credible, even if you're not. Okay, then you've got return. So an investor wants a return. 1% a month, 5 to 8% a year. a month if they're a bridger, what's the return? Then E is exit. A bridger might want to be in and out in one to three years, short-term bridging finance. But a mortgage could be 25 years. And I like to find investors that have a long-term mindset, believe in buy, hold, die, and a patient in wanting to get their money out because it just means that we can build something bigger together. It also means that before the project is finished, they can't call the money back in because... You know, impatient lenders, not really my bag. Okay, and then the S in Crest, so we've done credibility, return, exit. Then we've got security. Now, some people will just lend you money and shake your hand. I mean, I would i would not recommend you do that lending your money, but if you can get that in a loan, fine. By the way, you should always endeavor to pay the money back. And if you get behind on the payments, that's, that happens. So make sure that you do what you have to do to negotiate to make the payment up in the end, because your reputation of paying money back Increases your investability from institutional finance and private finance. And as soon as you don't pay a loan back, you know, that can spread like wildfire. So even if you have to renegotiate terms and go a bit longer and then do what needs to be done. So yeah, exit is one year, three years, 10 years, 20 years, 25 years, and how that happens. Is it refinance? Is it sale? etc. And then T is trust. So I'm going to ask you a question here. You might find this interesting because. By the way, every individual investor is individual. Therefore, some are more bothered about the C or the R or the E or the S or the T. Credibility, return, exit, security, trust. But here's something interesting as a poll that we can do in the comments that you might, um, yeah, you might um, be surprised by. So I'm going to give you a scenario. Just think before you type in the answer and then type in the answer in the comments. So would you... If you were investing your money, let's say you had 100 grand, hard earned money, tax paid, you know, life savings, but you're going to invest it. That's the scenario. Would you rather invest and lend it to someone who was very credible, got a great deal, but you didn't trust them? Or relative newbie, no real experience, but you really trusted them as an individual? So credibility or trust so i'm looking in the comments and most of you are writing trust i would say one in eight one in nine are writing credibility and about eight in roughly i'd say 80 percent of you or more trust how you do anything is how you do everything you know you invest in people as much as you do deals like look at dragon's den or shark tank as soon as they don't trust a person they're out even if it's the deal of the century or the business model of the century Now, some of you are skeptical, and so you'd go with the credibility, and you'd say, don't trust, verify, and that's fine. But here's the thing. A lot of people think that that's the case for everyone. But given that binary choice, most people choose trust, and at least 80% of you have. So as long as you can build trust with people, you can increase the speed of credibility, return, exit, security. You can increase the speed of the lending process because people trust you. And trusting is a human thing. Trusting isn't a financial thing. It's not a practical, tactical, operational, strategic, deal-based thing. It's just, do you do what you say you're going to do? You know, are you approachable? Do you communicate well? Are you accessible? Do you do the right thing when other people aren't looking? Do you care about people? Okay, so quick summary then. Um, money usually finds good deals. Every winner was once a beginner, so start now and get perfect later. The five main elements of what people are looking to get checked off on their checklist to lend you money is credibility, return, exit, security, and trust. Credibility can be built over time, and it's not just about the deals. And trust is probably 80% of what people are looking for over and above return, exit, and security. Now, I've got four minutes plus VAT with you left before I introduce the amazing Kevin McDonald to do the practical tactical on property investing. No money down expert. So people always ask me, "Yeah, but Rob, how would you find these people and where do you find the money?" I mean, you know, look, be careful because don't look to be too much speed spoon fed. You know, I'll give you as much information as I can to help you make, manage, and multiply money, invest in assets, produce recurring income. I can give you eighty percent of what needs to be done. The other twenty percent is you going out, trying it, trial and error, and your own experience. So I will as much spoon feed you, but you still have to open your mouth. You still have to swallow the food. <laughs> So there are lots of resources where you can raise money and I'm going to list some and then I'm going to give you access to about three because I've actually got some myself that you can access. Some of you are already in them, but you're not using them. And some of you didn't know they exist. So I'm going to give you access to two or three, but I'm going to give you maybe six or seven. So the first one is friends and family and colleagues and contacts you already have. Are you sweating those? Are you having conversations with those about what you're doing in business instead of a general chit chat? The next one is live face to face property and business events. So many of you I know are booked onto the multiple streams of business income that's sold out. Sorry, that's it. Um, but 200 people will be live at the multiple streams of business income event. There business is done, business is done in the room, business is done face to face, you shake hands, you look in the whites of people's eyes. And you couldn't really do that in lockdown. And now that we can do all these events again, there's loads of property networking events, progressive property network. There's business networking events, there's multiple streams of business income that we run. There's multiple streams of property income that my property company runs. So you got friends and family, contacts, events, You know, networking and business and property events linkedin linkedin is a great place to find professionals you know people in senior management and corporate roles you can search by job title in linkedin so you can find the ideal kind of client now business people are great to lend money because business people are too busy making money and trying to run their business to then also be an investor and look into going and sourcing real estate so anyone who runs a business solopreneur entrepreneur business owner these are really good sources of investing and often they want to be hands-off and your ideal lender is hands-off okay great so the next one is i've got a couple of really um useful facebook groups for you so let me go and get the links so i've been building a facebook group for probably 10 years plus oh, i knew that would be the case. Um, let me just get the links for you. Get ready. You're going to need to go and join these now because I've got to hand over to Kevin a minute. So it must be nearly 10 years now that I have been running and built the Progressive Property Community. And that has 41,100 property investors, most of whom are active. Kev's active in there. Kevin McDonald, you're going to see in a minute, um, so if you want to raise money for property, I know hundreds of people, no exaggeration, hundreds of people who've raised money in the progressive property community. Now, don't go in there and go, oh, I want a, I want a million quid now. Go in, build relationships, read the threads, connect with people. You will raise money there. The next one is the disruptive entrepreneur community. So there's 25,000 disruptive entrepreneurs in there, all who are followers and fans of mine through the podcast Disruptors um, that I've built contacts up over the um, years. And again, there's loads of startup entrepreneurs. Now, are there more startups and people asking for money than there are people lending money? Probably. But even if it's 80-20, that's still thousands of people. There are deals done all the time in these communities. I hear them left, right and center. You don't because, you know, people don't go onto these groups and say, hey, I've got two million pounds. I want to invest it. DM me because they'll get spammed. They watch. They observe how you do anything is how you do everything. And then they connect with you once they see you doing good work which is why you've got to be posting more. Are you daily talking about your business, your sourcing, your investing, the results, the experiences, documenting and sharing case studies and what you've learned around business and property? Because if you're not, no one no one will see you. I also have a Telegram group. Now, um, in my wider Telegram group, um, I actually allow you to pitch in the comments So most people, when you're in a group, they're not going to let you pitch anywhere. Um, You know, selling is banned. Um, Look, I don't want spammers all over the place. So you have to have some guidelines and rules. But as much as I can allow you to promote, do joint ventures, raise money, partner up, sell to, buy from, I want to create a community of active people doing business. So um, I haven't shared the social media links yet because they haven't popped up in my inbox so let me first share with you the telegram group now i've got to get out of here in a minute so you need to do this right now i'm gonna if you haven't got telegram on your phone go and download it from the app store now but if you have come and join the telegram group there's seven nearly seven and a half thousand members and you can promote and pitch and raise money from and to those people in the comments in all the posts and most people don't let you do this And um, like I said, I mean, every week I do bonuses and giveaways. I often do one-to-one calls. I gave away 15 grand through that group. I'm giving away seven grand through that group in a couple of weeks. I gave away 250 pound a couple of days ago. I do shadowing offerings. That's my special bonuses and resources group. Now you cannot picture my WhatsApp groups because it's too noisy in the thread and everyone just gets overwhelmed. You can request to raise finance and do deals with my other Telegram members in the comments in this group and I, like I said I think I'm one of the few that allows that and it's not spammy because it's in the comments so um, does pitching go against FCA rules um, it depends how you do it I'm going to ask Kev to talk about that because actually there is ways that you can request money without ben, without um, breaking FCA rules there's also a way where you could fall foul potentially It's a really good question there from Lisa so um, when I introduce Kevin a minute he's going to tell you how to do it so you circumvent FCA rules. Really good. Some of you are trying to get the Telegram app. Do it now. Rob.team has nearly 10,000 members. And it's for movers, shakers, change makers, entrepreneurs, investors. It's for start and scale-ups. It, it's for people who want to make, manage, and multiply money, build multiple streams of recurring income, invest in assets, get your tax bill down and your income up. Now, I know most of you on this Zoom are in Rob.team. So write in if you're in rob.team because I've um, just added some resources I want to tell you about. Ben's in. Deborah's in. Julie's in. Annalie is in. Sheridan is in. Lisa is in. George is in. Nadia is in. Mike is in. Zishan is in. Pedro. I can't even read them quick enough. OK, right. And um, just write in the comments, not yet, if you're not in, because um, if there's hardly any of you, I'm not even going to talk about it. If there's enough of you, I will. OK, and Leanne, not yet. Nicole, not yet. Matthew, not yet. Andy, John, Jesus, Haley. Okay, so quite a few of you not yet as well. All right, so I have literally just gone in and updated the Rob.team platform. And in the last few weeks, that chat GPT and 20 odd ways to monetize AI, the masterclass we did is now live in Rob.team. The um, six ways to get to 10 grand a month in the quickest time, that Zoom masterclass is now live in Rob.team. My um, VA is just finishing a document on how to unlock 21 monetization tools on social media. There's the 21 Ways to Monetize Social Media Masterclass. I'm told that this Zoom will be up within 48 hours, the, um, the recording of this. Um, we've got probably 250 hours of courses, resources and masterclasses. There's two more how to cash in on a crash Zoom masterclasses. All of this, people, some of you are asking me for the link. Give me a minute. All of this is uploaded to Rob.team. So Rob.team is less than 20 pence a day. You can cancel anytime. You get recordings of every single Zoom masterclass. You exclusively get the Sunday sessions every Sunday. This Sunday, I'm doing how to get out of the money matrix, a deep dive on how to be decentralized and own your own assets in light of what's happened with Andrew Tate so there's so much on there it's less than 20 pence a day you can cancel at any time no ongoing contract and in the telegram group you can pitch for business and you can do jvs and raise finance in rob.team so the link is there i've just shared it i've gone 8 minutes over so in 2 minutes i am out of here so you have got less than 2 minutes to join rob.team now imagine you're going through a document on the 21 ways to unlock monetization on social media i've got a 110 page onboarding master document i've got ways that you can earn 500 pound commission for referrals in rob.team we've got live special events like the recurring income summit and the multiple streams of business income where people have to pay hundreds of pounds if they want the premium tickets and you get them for free as a rob.team member you get access to you know the nearly 10000 members the membership site the portal with content going back two or three years the six stage seven figure launch masterclass is on there the fastest ways to 100k masterclass is on there it's all there so you've got t minus 40 seconds to sign up to rob.team um rain dancer has said been in rob.team since the beginning great value and also the telegram group Okay, by the way, Rob.team is just as good for property investors as it is entrepreneurs. Zeeshan has said it blows me away that Rob.team is only £6. By the way, that's including the VAT, which you can get back. Um, I'm putting it up because I'm building a new platform, but if you get in now, I'll grandfather you the lowest price uh, forever. Right, I've got to go now. Kevin McDonnell, are you in the house? Yeah, good, thank you. we got a lot of
1: people on, so yeah. Yeah. I've been listening in the background, so
0: taking notes myself. I want you to share in the next 75 minutes as much as you can on raising finance and doing no money down for property. Yeah. Got it covered. Now. Cool. So Kevin McDonald came to one of our train events many years ago, and he was pretty frustrated with his corporate job. He actually won a competition to be my driver for the day. And he drove me when I did a speech for Peter Jones of Dragon's Den. And he grilled me in the car and he said, look, I'm in a lot of debt. I think it was something like 140 grand. So it was a lot. Um, And I want to get out of my corporate job. What do I do? And we, you know, he had had me cornered in the car for a few hours and they gave him some advice. And um, fast forward to now, he owns a massive property management business. He's done hundreds of no money down deals. He is probably one of, if not the best property trainers in the UK. He's got multiple streams of income. He's a multimillionaire and he's completely turned his life around. And for me, that's really inspiring. I want to say, Kev, you're awesome. You're inspirational. And I'm going to leave it to you now. So I'm, I'm literally going. Right. So I'm going to leave. Are you okay to crack on with everyone and look after them? Oh, good. All good. Th- thanks, yeah. Kev. Thanks, everyone. I'll see you soon. Cheers, Rob. So Cheers, hi, Kev.
1: Everyone. So for anyone who um, doesn't know me yet, we got a lot of people online. So my name is Kevin MacDonald. I've been, as Rob said, I came to Progressive just over 10 years ago now. So 2012, initially 2013. Won a competition to drive him in his car to an event. So I'd be a driver. And um, yeah, it, it was life-changing. Just spend a bit of time with the guy. As many of you will know, the knowledge is unbelievable. But over the last 10 years, i built up a property business. And I wrote the book, No Money Down Property Investing, back in sort of 2018. So October 18, we launched it. And I wrote it specifically for the next big property opportunity, the next big property crash. And we are in the midst of it right now, Um, right now. So what's happened to your signature stripy shirts? I I took them off for today. They're evening time shirts. So just a little bit of um, logistics as well while we're going is, I noticed while Rob was on, there's a chat box and a Q&A box. So there's about 26 comments in the Q&A box. I can't see the Q&A box, I'm working off the chat box. So if you're you're asking me any questions, if you wanna know anything, put it in the chat box. Um, just give me a get okay. Okay, if you get that, so somebody's just posted. It's now twenty-seven in the Q and A box. So let me say it again. The Q and A box, I cannot see. So if everybody posts in the chat box, I'll keep an eye on the twenty-seven, and if it goes up, I'll remind people. But if you could post in the chat box, that'd be amazing. And apologies if you post in the Q and A box. I'm not ignoring you. Yet. I can't see the question. Um, I've had loads of questions coming through, so I'll hang on the and go to questions. But first of all. Let's get straight into it. Tell you a little bit about me for 30 seconds. So I'm Irish, as you can tell by the accent. Let me know if you're from Ireland, by the way, and you're online. I noticed in the chat while Rob was talking, I've been in the background listening, we've got people from all over the world on here. We've got people in Italy, we've got people in Ireland, we've got people in America, in New Zealand, etc. So a lot of different countries. So these techniques I'm going to share with you, it works everywhere. Property works everywhere. People live in houses everywhere. You can raise money everywhere. You can join venture everywhere. You can do creative deals with sellers of houses everywhere. So it doesn't matter where you are in the world. Quite often people say to me, can you do this in my area? The answer is yes. Yes, you can. Okay, so I moved to the UK in 2002 and I tried to do property without really knowing what I was doing. So my plan was buy some property for retirement. That's what most people's plans are. And I went abroad and bought three off-plan properties because I was too busy in my job, or I thought I was, to research property, to learn about property, et cetera. And I ended up building a massive debt. So Rob said 140 grand. It was 135 grand of what I owed on three properties that just never turned into anything. One never even got built. Plus the interest on top. So I was servicing. I had to service this 135 grand of debt. So I was in a massive mess when I met Rob. and um, I now coach and speak for Progressive. And a very, very simple reason why is without Rob, without Mark Homer, without Progressive, I'd probably still be in a job and still be in massive debt. So I owe them a debt of gratitude. I owe them, um, I feel like I owe back my loyalty to help and support other people who've been in the same place as them to build business. But at the same time, just give me a degree if you'd agree that I get to work with people find joint venture partners, et cetera, by being part of the network. Rob spoke about network is your net worth earlier. The network is so key. And for me, I might be the subject matter expert of a lot of property strategies, but you are the subject matter expert of your area. Whatever part of the world you're in, whatever part of the UK you're in, you know your area better than me. You know your streets better than me. You know your town better than me. And I look to work with people especially the next, we've got a window of opportunity for the next sort of 12 to 18 months where we've a massive opportunity. Yeah, Christian, if you want to go far, go alone. If you want to go fast, go together. And um, African proverb, and I fundamentally fulfill, follow through on this because in a corporate job, you step on each other for promotions. In property, you need each other to succeed. You actually have to work with people. You have to collaborate to rise all ships. It is very, very hard to do property alone. It's very hard if you can't raise the money if nobody knows you do property. It's difficult to find the deals and do the research and do everything alone. But actually, it's quite simple if you do it with other people. So a huge opportunity to be part of these networks, to work with people, to do stuff together. And I'll share some of those ways with you. And to build trust, by the way, because Rob spoke earlier about trust and credibility and what we call the Crest model. So um, the credibility, the return, the you know the security the exit and the trust but the key one there is you can build trust in a community of people by getting to know people getting to chat to people and anybody can do it from a standing start and Rob did it from a standing start I did it from a standing start and I've taught and coached a lot of people who've done it from a standing start people often come to me and say um no how can you how can why would anybody lend you money if you've never borrowed money before or if you've not done any deals yet. Well, that's a mindset thing because the reality is everyone who has ever had to borrow money had to do it for the first time. Anyone in history that has ever borrowed money did it first, once. They had to do it the first time, once. So why are you any different? Give me a true in the chat box if that's true, by the way. Everything in this game, it's yes, you need some knowledge, but most of it is mindset. Nobody will lend me money because I've not borrowed it before because I've never done a deal. Well, then nobody would ever do anything. Nobody would ever do a deal, nobody would ever do anything if that was true. The reality is, the truth is, anybody can borrow money, anybody can start in property and build a property business from there. Uh, Now, we said we're gonna run this because we are in a property crash. 2008 was the last property crash. 2023, four, five, we are in a crash. It could be the biggest property crash in history, or it could be a correction. The thing is, it doesn't really matter. Professional property investors are doing deals all the time anyway. But what happens in a down market is it brings massive opportunity to get cheaper deals and massive opportunity to get creative deals from people who are struggling to sell, but need to sell. So are we in a crash? 100% yes. That's my belief. Let me know in the chat, by the way, what's your thoughts? How big do you think we're in a crash? How big a crash do you think we're in? How much do you think it's going to drop? So Christian's straight in there with 101% we're in a crash. So are we in a crash? How big do we drop? 10 to 15%, huge crash, says Susan. 10 to 15 up to 40%, says Robert. Recession coming, 20% crash, 30% crash, 30%. We've got loads of people coming in from anything from 5% to 40%. So we're in a crash. Now, 50% even, Stephen. Raymond, 12.223296%. I'm kidding. So we're in a crash. And let me ask you a question. Does that give you a worry about getting started in property? Who's worried about getting started in property because we're in a crash? Let me know in the chat if you're worried. Okay, a few people. Right, so. No, a lot of no's, but a few people saying yes. I told my family, I'm the English to make kids, and I told my brothers and sisters in 2013 when I came to Progressive back in Ireland, I said to them, get into property, get into property. And they're like, no, 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 the market's going down. We've got to time it. We've got to wait till it gets to the bottom. And then it went down and started to go back up again. And when it started to go back up again, I said, you've got to get in now. You've got to get in now. And they said, no, it's too late. We missed the boat. So here's the thing. You're waiting to time the market till it gets to the bottom, and then it starts going back up and you still stop. If you've been you're online and you've been waiting for the right time to buy property, say me in the chat box. If that's you, if you're waiting for the right time to buy property, say me. Who's waiting for the right time? Just give me a me. Okay, Alex, yeah, lots of people. So, guys, I'm gonna solve that problem for you. Write this down. This is the right time to buy property. Are you ready? It is the 24th of July, 2025, at 6 p.m. Oh no, no, 6:14 p.m. 24th of July. at 6.14 p.m. That's the right time. That's ridiculous. When you say it like that, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous that you're waiting for the right time. The right time is always now. It's about the properties you're buying, the structure of the deals, the way you do the deals. If you're waiting, people wait two, three years. By the way, how long have you been waiting for the right time? Those that posted saying waiting for the right time, let me know in the chat box how long you've been waiting. How long have you been waiting for the right time? Hello, a year, two years, three years. Matthew, a year. Well, I've got ten years. since Salina, five years. Rajesh, too long. So you've been waiting for the right time. You've been waiting years for the right time. Now let me ask you another question. In the chat box, let me know how that plan's working out for you. How has that plan worked for you? The waiting for the right time. How's it going? How's it? How's it changed your bank account? Bad. It hasn't. It's bad. It's not working out. It's bad. So you already know that your plan is flawed. You already know that waiting for the right time is flawed. It's the wrong plan. So there's no such thing as the right time. True or true, by the way, let me know in the chat. Is that true or true? It's a crazy plan. And I'm, not, I, I'm going to tell you how it is because I was living the same plan as you until people like Rob Moore told me how it was. They shook me and said, your plan is flawed. You're waiting, 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 trying to earn your way out of debt in a job. It's flawed. You've got to do something different. And here's the thing. They're in, we're in a crash right now because interest rates are going up. And they'll go up further. They're up a lot already. They'll go up a bit more. There's less mortgages available. Lenders are panicked. They pull the mortgages. There's more stock available for sale. It's, houses are coming on the, for sale every single month. More and more and more houses coming for sale. Anyone? Anyway, there's still people posting in the Q&A box. I can't see it. So if you post the chat box, that'd be amazing. If you post it in the Q&A box, you can't see it. So, more and more and more stock coming available for sale. And what's happening is not, a, a, a crash doesn't happen overnight. You don't even really see it happen. It happens really slowly. Because if you imagine in 2020, 2021, and into the start of 2022, if 100, if 10,000 houses came available for sale monthly, as an example, 10,000 would sell, doesn't matter what country you're in. Next month, 10,000 for sale, 10,000 selling. Next month, 10,000 for sale, 10,000 sell. And suddenly, when you see this, there's a limit of available stock and lots of buyers, especially with all the printing of the free money during lockdown. Then what happens next is the, the changes that came in October with interest rates starting to go up with the recession, with all the chaos, with the, with, with the results of the war in Ukraine, et cetera. And suddenly... There's still people wanting to sell. So there's still 10,000 houses gone available for sale. The difference now is 10,000 are not selling. So let's say 2,000 sold. So now there's 8,000 extra stock available in October. If the same happens in November and December and January, the stock of available properties is getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And, bigger. and it'll be April, May, before people who wanted to sell in October and November are suddenly six months on from when they wanted to sell and still not having sold and that's when we're going to see the big correction in the market give me a get it in the chat box if you get that and if that's logical then that they don't because people who put the property on the market for sale and we're in what's called the, the, the lag at the moment people who put the property on the market for sale in october november december they still kind of are hoping and holding on to the early 2021-22 prices and they're, they're rel- reluctant to agree to the new lower price. Some have to sell quickly, but most are reluctant to agree until the lag happens and then they start to realize there's a new world now and a new price. So more stock available for sale and less buyers, all of this means one simple thing and that's a downward trend in prices. The whole thing is forcing a downward trend in prices, but it doesn't matter for us if we're buying. For anyone who's fearful, it's a huge opportunity to do creative deals to do no money down deals. Example, let's say somebody had a house on the market. A, I'll, I'll use a hundred grand, but other numbers are available. Let's say somebody had a hundred grand house and they had a mortgage of 90 grand because they went to the bank and took a 90% mortgage. Well, if the housing market drops 10%, they're in negative equity. Now you could buy, you can go to the bank and buy a property and take out a mortgage, but the house already has a mortgage on it. So why don't you just take control of the already existing mortgage, the already existing debt? Could you do that by the way? Just give me a yes if you can. Of course you can. So you, I'm going to share with you this afternoon some ways that you can take control of property, control a property without the need for mortgages. So Rob spoke a lot about joint venture finance. That's when money is needed, raising money, joint venture finance. But there's lots of ways you can do property where you don't need money. You, you need the property. Because you can do no money down deals using other people's money, but also other people's properties. With things like, yes, exactly, Rajesh, things like lease option agreements. So should we wait to buy? Absolutely not. Amateurs are trying to time the market. Professionals are making money in every market. That's what the pros are doing. So let me give you some examples of how to make money in this market right now. So how do you make some money in a crash? You got to think differently. It starts with different thinking. If you use the traditional method of buying property, which is save up a 25% deposit. By the way, that could get you one or two houses. But it's too slow to ever build you a big enough business. I mean, Rob spoke about me having done over 100 property deals. Would you agree that I would never do 100 property deals if I had to save money in a, as deposits in a job? It's impossible, right? Can you agree if you'd agree with that, by the way? Impossible. You can't and I can't save up enough money in a job to do 100 plus deals. The only way to do that is to change the thinking. And the reality of the market we're in right now is offering people a purchase price for their house. And buying a 20, putting down a 25% deposit doesn't actually solve their problem if they're in negative equity. So most people, when they sell a house, and this is the thing you've got to get your head around, somebody who sells a house for an asking price, they do not get all that money. They get the sale price minus all the debt. And if there's no equity, they get nothing. And in 2023 and four, there's going to be people putting their hands in their pockets to actually pay to leave houses. There's going to be people handing the keys back to banks repossessions in 2009 were the highest in history repossessions in 2023 2024 will go well above that they'll peak that but we also know fact of this house prices go up and they go down and then they go up and they go down and then they go up and they go down and then they go up and they go down down. but they always trend upwards so 2008, the biggest housing crash in history. If you took out some old 2008 newspapers, 2007, people were talking about just before the crash, house prices are unsustainable. They can never be this high. They're too high. They have to come down. And they came down. The reality is they're higher today than they were then. Why? Because when you print money, you devalue money, and suddenly today's house price becomes affordable because wages go up everything goes up. House prices right now, everyone's talking about them being too expensive. But we've got a supply and demand issue at the same time so there'll be a correction but because of the printing of money and if you think about all of the um you know the, the train drivers the teachers the nurses everybody looking for pay rises when everybody gets pay rises it creates more disposable income it devalues money because there's more spending and that'll push prices up again so there'll be a drop and then there'll be a correction going back up again and by 2035 who thinks house prices will be higher or lower in 2035? Give me a HRL in the chat box. Higher or lower? HRL. HRL. Higher, higher, higher. It's all higher. Much higher. So we know it's going to be higher. So all of the people that have been timing the market, and some people trying to time it for the last 10 years, 10 years ago, you right in the crash as they were going down. You could have got in and grabbed bargains. The thing about when it's on the way back up again, you've missed the opportunity to grab real bargains because the owner doesn't need to do anything creative with you. They can just wait for a better price from somebody else. So now is the point where on the way down, you can grab some phenomenal deals. You can, and the people, here's the other thing, the people with money right now, they need to get their money moving. See, we've got a double win right now in the property market. Number one is this, people with the price going down are worried about it dropping even further. So they want to sell before it drops too much. They'll do creative deals for that. But the people with the money, and there's more money on the planet than there's ever been, the people with the money need to get their money moving because money sitting in a bank account is getting burned by inflation at 10 plus percent so people need to lend your money people have to lend you money to protect their money from being burned by inflation and at the same time people need to sell and are open to creative deals give me a get it in the chat box if you get this because this is a double win that you need to understand that right now we have got a 12 to 18 month window of opportunity to get some seriously good property deals secured. Serious, serious opportunity for those with the right understanding of the property market. Observe the masses and do the opposite. A lot of people have listened to the newspapers and they listen to the media about scaremongering about the property market. You should be piggybacking off the scaremongering to grab great deals. But the reality is the people selling those newspapers, have probably never bought a house. They probably don't even own their own home. They're probably renting. bad news sales papers. Be careful where you get your information from. So if you were looking to get started in property, then now is the time is my message, guys. And here's why. Cheaper prices, cheaper prices than there was a year ago. If you were willing to buy property a year ago, you'd have paid more money. So why would you not pay less today? And then somebody will say to me, well, the interest rates are higher. That's why I don't want to buy them. Great, but you'd have paid more a year ago with a lower interest rate. Now you'll pay less with a higher interest rate. And rents are higher. So it's all relative. It's relative. The difference is the same. I'm still looking, and you're still looking for the same return. The difference is you're getting the property cheaper, which means long term for the rest of your life, you're going to get a better deal. Liverpool, just give me a get it in the chat box. We'll get that, by the way. Really fundamental understanding, right? You're going to pay more for low interest rates. Now you're paying less for higher interest rates. It's relative. Your return's the same. You still are focused on getting the same return. If you're looking to get into property, you shouldn't be panicked. It's those in property that should be... I'm, my portfolio, I've got 12-plus-million-quid portfolio. It made about 1.5 million quid in equity in 2020 2021. It's going to go down 1.5 million in 2023-4. Not a problem to me because I planned for that. It is. It is not true money. Equity is vanity. It's the cash flow. That's the sanity. Cash flow. You've got to get good deals and get cash flow. And amateur investors get this all wrong. Example, you see the newspaper saying that because Liverpool has won the Eurovision or whatever they've won, that um, it's going to be the great place to invest for property. Really? So it's fundamentally incorrect because Liverpool might be a great place to invest in property, but not because of a Eurovision. Because people are going up there buying property based on a one-week event. That's a one-night event for people have go on holidays for a week. What about the rest of the life? You're buying a property for a lifetime. You've got to base it on a long-term strategy, but you've got to get the deals now. So we focus on the wrong things. People bought in East London because of the Olympics. No, you should be buying in East London because the area is fundamentally going to give you a return, not just for an Olympic period of time for one month, but for a lifetime. And Liverpool for the Eurovision, not just for one night or one week, but for a lifetime. So base your decisions on your area on try, test, and proven fundamental techniques. Give me a number one in the chat if you agree with that, by the way. Number one. That makes sense and you agree with that. So cheaper prices right now. That's why you should be buying now. of the ones going through. Cheaper prices. Number two is smarter decisions. So if you're starting out in property, in 2020, when people were starting out, they had all the bounce back loan money and all the free money that was been printed, People were going out and buying the wrong types of property, like I did in 2003, off plan abroad and new build houses and all the, the, the expensive house, the best house on the best street, in the best condition, the expensive house. And they were getting tied in on low interest rates with no cash flow because they think it's for retirement. And now they're going to get burned. Today, even if you're not 100% knowledgeable, even if you're not the best property investor in the world. Give me a number two in the chat if you'd agree that today you would only buy a house based on the higher interest rates. The higher interest rates. Yeah, you're going to protect yourself. So you don't need to be a genius to work out that whatever the interest rate is today, the high rates, you've got to get a deal that, that works based on those high rates. So you're protected. No of the coming through. You're protected no matter what. Your knowledge doesn't have to be as good as it would have been two years ago. People lost money and will lose money in the next two years that bought in the last two years because they bought without knowledge. Now you know that if rates are six, six and a half, seven percent, and you buy a deal at six, six and a half, seven percent, you're only going to do it if it works. But those rates in 20 years' time, over the next 20 years, might only be three, four, four and a half percent. So you're protected by the rates. You're buying a cheaper house that will go back up in value, which means you will. I almost by accident make smarter decisions without even realizing you're making smarter decisions because the market is forcing you to make the smarter decision. Give me a get it in the chat box if you get that. Higher rates, I've got to think about a higher rate. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. lower prices, I've got to buy cheaper. So this is the key. This is the thing. Next is you can cherry pick the best deals. Because there's less people, buy because there's not as many people out there buying, first-time buyers that stop buying, because 90, 95% of people will listen to the media and go, it's the worst time to buy property. There is going to be people that need to buy. There's going to be people desperate to buy. And though that means that the, there's going to be some phenomenally good deals available. And you can cherry-pick the best ones. Cherry-pick the best ones. And the best deals are not the best house on the best street. By the way, I didn't say, if you can watch the Progressive Property YouTube, I did a video recently, I did 67, 67 property deals in 2022, 67 deals in 2022. Many people are waiting for the best house, they're trying to find the best house on the best street. Give me a number three in the chat if you'd agree that if I did 67 deals last year, only one of them could be the best one. Only one could be the best one. But the other 66 have to be worse than the best one. The point of this is the amateur is trying to buy at the right time and the best house. The professionals, we're buying something that works. Something that works, okay? The worst house on the best street, the worst house Barry on the average street. It doesn't even have to be on the best street. just a bad house on an average street where you can add value. Think about it. If you bought a 100 grand house, amateurs will cross their fingers and hope it goes up in value because they paid 100 grand for a 100 grand house. Professionals, we buy a hundred grand house. We might buy it for seventy five, and we pay a hundred grand for a hundred grand house. Spend twenty doing it up and make it worth one fifty. So we're adding value, which means if the market drops, we're not losing money because all we're losing is the value we've built in, and we still have the cash flow. And we know that over time, the value we built in that we lost will go back up and go above that again. That's give me a number four if that makes sense. By the way. So amateur buys the 100 grand house for 100 grand, professional buys the 100 grand house for 75, or buys the 100 grand house for 100, spends 20 on it, and makes it worth 150, which means if the market drops to 130, they've still made 10 grand, and they know it will be covering, well, back up above the 150 again. Loads of force. Then, all of this means higher long-term yields, higher returns, higher long-term yields, better investment decisions. But best of all, creative solutions now and this is what i really want to talk about so rob talked about raising money and using other people's money which is a great way and i raise a lot of money but there's other creative ways you can do property deals as well one of them is lease option agreements now lease option agreements in 2009 and 10 more lease option agreements Dina, saying can i shadow you well, I, I work with people. I've got a vested interest in being here today and sharing stuff with you because I'm looking to work with people this year, next year, over the next few years. I'm looking to build businesses with people in different towns across the country. If that would interest and by the way, across the world, if you're in foreign countries, I'd do stuff abroad as well. So I wouldn't do stuff abroad in a country I didn't understand, but I'd do stuff abroad in a country where you understand because you're the subject matter expert of your area. So give me a yes in the chat box, by the way, if working with, with me would be something that would interest you. So it gives the, okay, it's just gone crazy. So there's a lot of yeses coming through. So here's the thing. We've got hundreds of people online. And if you want to work with me, the reality is I can't go and meet a hundred people in a hundred different places. So give me a committed, if you would be committed to come and meet me instead. So come and meet me and see if we can work together. Because I can't go to a hundred odd places hundred and fifty odd places with the amount of yeses that have come through, a lot of commitments. So, what you come to me rather than me go to you, and that that saves me traveling to a hundred different places. You just have to travel once. I can stay where I am. But <laughs> if that's okay, well, a lot, a lot of companies. But lease options. Let me talk about lease options. So, I want to talk about five big ways, five big ways that you can do property deals now in this market, right? And one of them is lease options. This is huge. Lease option agreements are the right, but not the obligation to buy. And many people say, oh, i never heard of lease options and you're already doing it because you're doing it with a lease on a car. With a car, you pay a small upfront payment to get the keys of the car. You pay a monthly payment every month to drive the car. And you got a final balloon payment at the end. You're right to buy the car. Are you the choice to give it back? Now, when I spoke earlier about somebody having a, they buy a 100 grand house, they take out a 90 grand mortgage. The property market drops 10% to 90 grand. They need to sell that 90 grand house for 90 grand. And um, they, they owe the bank 90. They got to sell the house. They go to an agent. The agent says, I know you paid 100 grand for it a couple of years ago, but now we can sell it for you for 90. So if they sell that 90 grand house for 90 and they pay the bank 90, they got no money left. But they got to pay the agents two grand. They got to pay the legal fees a thousand pounds. They got to pay 3,000 pounds out to sell their house if they're lucky enough to sell it for 90. But the reality is, because nobody's buying, their best possible offer might be 85. So they put it on the market for 90. They sell it for 85, they pay two grand to the estate agents, one grand in legals, they got 82 grand, but they owe the bank 90. So now they've got to pay 8,000 pounds a leave. Give me a get it in the chat box if you get this, by the way. They've got a major problem. So boy, a lot of get it's coming through. So they have got a major problem now. They can't sell the house because they don't they can't afford to sell the house. They can't even put it on an estate agent's window. You need direct-to-vendor marketing for this type of stuff. Because if you go through the agents, they can't, the agents, they can't afford to pay the agent. So we do directive and the marketing to find these people and say, listen, we'd love to buy your house. But in today's market, we could give you 75 grand or 70 grand. But I want to give you all the money you need to clear your debt. So here's what we could do. Rather than you have to walk away with a debt, I'll buy your debt. Because think about this. When you buy a property, you don't buy a property. You buy a debt, you buy a mortgage, you put down 25% deposit or whatever your deposit is, and you take over a mortgage from the bank, you buy a mortgage from the bank for the remaining 75%. Then you service that mortgage. Well, here's a tip. There's already a mortgage on the house. There's already a debt on the house. Why not just buy the existing debt off the owner on, and you lease the property with an option to purchase where you service their debt you take control, legal control over their debt with solicitors and a contract, and then you rent that property out to service the debt. So rather than buying your own good debt, Rob spoke about good debt and bad debt. Good debt, what Rob was talking about, was where you buy good debt. Absolutely, you can do that. But you can also buy somebody else's debt. One person's bad debt could be your good debt. Why? Because the person with the debt that they see as bad they don't have your knowledge. They don't understand renting the house out. They don't know the techniques about making money from that property. So you can turn somebody else's bad debt into good debt. Give me a love it in the chat box if you're loving that idea, by the way. Huge opportunity with this. Huge opportunity now with this marketplace for this opportunity. Next is exchange with delayed completion. So a lot of people might say when you offer lease options, they go, well, what if you don't buy? Well, you can exchange contracts and delay the completion loads of comments coming through. But exchange contracts and delay the completion. Now, this is phenomenal because let's say you go to an agent and you say, look at this property, I want to buy the property, but in its current condition, it needs a refurbishment. Could we exchange contracts on a pound, allow me and my team access to the house between exchange and completion, we'll undergo a refurbishment, and then we'll purchase it after the work is done. So you get in on a pound, you exchange you your legally buying, you refurbish the house, you add value, and then you purchase it at the higher price. Or you sell it without ever buying it and make some money without ever purchasing the house. Exchange with delayed completion is a phenomenal way to add value between, in the middle of the purchase process, between exchanging and completion. instead of completing a week after the exchange, you complete six months after you exchange or six weeks after you exchange. You get in there, you force the value off the stuff you're going to do anyway. And it means you don't have to borrow the money to get in. You don't have to buy it. You can then refinance at a higher price, get your money back, and go do it again. Give me a number two in the chat box if you're loving this exchange with late completion. Me. So what does exchange mean? So when you buy a house, if you've ever bought a property, you would remember you exchanged contracts on the purchase one day, and then about a week later you completed the purchase. So there was a week where it gave the banks time to move the money around. All you're saying is, could we delay that, that completion part? Could we wait a few weeks or a few months for that completion part and let me come in and do some work to the house in the meantime? And um, so a huge, huge, huge opportunity with exchange with late completion to make money in property. Next is vendor finance. So Rob mentioned a lot there about uh, joint venture finance, private investor finance. But this is what a lot of people do, and they miss this. Money is not in banks. Banks do not have money. If every one of us in one city in England, let's say everybody in Coventry, went out to the bank of Barclays today and drew their money out, what would happen to Barclays Bank? If everybody, everybody in one city in this country that had their money in Barclays Bank, went out to Barclays Bank and drew their money out, what would happen to Barclays Bank today? What would happen? Let me know in the chat. What do you think? It had collapse, Barry. Bankruptcy. They don't have the money. They'd be fucking buggered. They would Mark. They don't have the money. It had collapse the banking system. So what that means, guys, is the banks don't have the money. So you go to a bank to borrow money. They lend you money they don't even have. Your money is not even in the bank. Your money has been lent out at 17 times multiples. Now, here's the key thing to get this around. People with money that lend you money, they're trying to get rid of true cash. It's all just a number on a computer screen. And people talk about doing deals with no money down. Well, the bank's lend you money they don't even have. Everything's no money down when you get your head around this stuff. Now, here's the thing. Where is the money then? It's in the property. It's in the bricks and mortar. It's in the house. It's in the walls. It's the value of the house. So you go to buy a house. You agree a price with an owner. And then you go looking for the money. So you go over here looking for the money from somebody else. The vendor could be your private investor. The vendor could be your JV partner. What we do is we approach an owner and we say, I know you want 100 grand for your house, but we'd only be able to pay you 75. However, there is a way we could give you 100, where we could give you 75% of your money now, and you wait for the other 25. Now we go to the bank and we take out a 75 grand mortgage. We give them 75 grand and then they fund the other 25. So the vendor just waits for some of the money that's in their house or in the equity. And we do a payment plan to pay them the rest of their money out of future income from that house. Give me a number three, if you love that idea, by the way. Right. While you're saving up money in a job, trying to save, save, save for a deposit. We're just speaking to the owner and agreeing terms on how to buy a property. Just agreeing terms. Huge way to do property deals, guys. Massive, massive, massive opportunity. Next is private investor and joint venture finance. So private investors, joint venture finance. Rob spoke a lot about this, but this is a great now. Rob said to touch on lenders, private investors, JV partners, private financers. So um Somebody lends you money could be anybody. It could be the owner of the house. It could be a private investor. It could be a professional investor. It could be like a family friend member. It could be anybody. But when do you choose between a private investor loan and a joint venture partner? I've got a very simple process. I reverse engineer the process. I see a lot of people borrowing money to do a property deal. And they don't work out that they won't have enough money to pay the person back at the end. So, let me give you an example. If we use 100 grand as an example again, if you know that when you bought the house, you typically you buy the house, borrow the money, pay for the refurb, refinance the house, so buy, refurbish, rent, refinance, refinance the house, and then pay the person back the money on refinance. Well, if you know the end value is going to be 100 grand, then you know the bank will only lend you 75. So, you need to make sure to pay the owner back that the 75 grand will cover your purchase price. then so the money the bank lends you, the 75 grand when the work is done, will cover your purchase price, your finance costs, your refurb cost, your stamp duty, your legal fees, everything. So if you spend 85 grand, it gets valued at 100 and the bank lends you 75. There's 10 grand that you've got to come up with out of your own pocket to leave in the deal. So if you've got 10 grand, great. If you don't have 10 grand, don't borrow the money from a private investor because you won't be able to pay them back because you get 75 from the bank and you've spent 85 and you don't have the 10 to give back to the investor to cover the debt. Give me a number four in the chat if that makes sense. It's why you wouldn't have a private investor if you, the numbers don't work. And most people never do the numbers. You just go, I need money, and they don't work out the numbers. So here's what I do. If I know that done up is 100 grand, a lot of yes fours and yeses coming through. If I know a house is going to be worth 100 grand done up, and by the way, how would you know? Ask valuers, you learn your local area, speak to estate agents, they give you valuations. We, we cover a lot of this stuff at events like multiple streams of property income where you can learn how to value up houses, how to negotiate deals, all that sort of stuff. But a 100 grand house, 75 grand mortgage. If I can spend 75 grand or less I'll borrow the money from a private investor. If I know I'm going to spend eighty-five grand and there's going to be ten grand left in, I look for a joint venture partner. So a private investor lends money for a fixed return. So they're getting a reward of a return. A joint venture partner lends money and buys property with you where they get risk and reward. So they are buying into the equity. So a private investor gets money back. JB partner gets share of the equity. So I'd look for a joint venture partner who's, if I'm going to spend 85 on a value of 75, I look for a joint venture partner who is willing to leave 10 grand in for a rental income every month and the share of the equity. And they only leave it in until they get the money back. So what I do is I give my JB partners all of the rental income until they've got their final 10 grand back. Now, that allows me to be able to do any deal. Some with private investors where I'll keep it and some with joint venture partners where I know I'm going to have to leave money in, but I don't want it to be my money left in. And I'm helping somebody else who doesn't have the time. Give me a get it in the chat box if you get that, the difference between why you'd use a private investor and why you would use a JV partner. And somebody said, what's involved in the cost of the 85? So purchase price, plus refurb, plus stamp duty, plus legals, everything that you have spent, the total expenditure. Now, that could be a 400 grand house, a 1.2 million pound house, an 8 million pound house. I'm just using 100 grand as an example. So lots of yeses coming through on that. Lots of get it's coming through on that. So most people don't understand and don't think about up front, start with the end in mind. Why would I choose private investor over joint venture partner? A lot of people come to me all the time. They go, oh, I want to keep all the deal myself. And then they never do any deals. I would rather have fifty percent of something than a hundred percent of nothing. And that's why I collaborate with people. By the way, give me a agree in the chat box if you prefer fifty percent of something than hundred percent of nothing. Right? And the people with money, I got a lot of threes coming through there. It must be the Irish accent. Agree. So fifty percent of something, right? But a, a lot of people don't realize when they start out. They think that they they, they need to have already done deals to make people want to work with you. The reality is, just like anything, just like raising money, I need to have raised money before. No, you don't. You raise it for the first time. Nobody will do a deal with me because I've never done a deal before. Well, that's mindset again, because everyone who ever did a property deal did their first one. Everyone has to start somewhere. People let me money when I was on 135 grand in debt, having had the first three deals I ever did, did what? completely pear-shaped. They they lost me 135k and I still raised money. Why? Because I didn't go to them and say, I've just done three deals and lost 135 grand. Will you lend me money for the fourth one? I promise you the fourth one will go well. No, here's what I did. I said I did deals 10 years ago. They lost me 135 grand. I learned from it. This I'll never do this again. I'll never do this again. I'll never do this again. I've educated myself. I've got myself a mentor. I'm training. I understand now how to do property correctly. And I found these deals. But also. I gave people first charge security on the money. Banks lend money to total strangers for security. One of the five stages of what Rob spoke about the Crest. S is security. So just let me, when Rob asked about trust, I'm give I a scenario. In the chat, give me a, a yes. Give me a yes. If you would lend money to somebody that you didn't 100% know, didn't trust that well, because you didn't know them, not that they were... They were untrustworthy, you didn't know them. But if they gave you first charge security where they didn't pay you back, you could take the house, give me a yes and you lend the money. If you had full security, they had the opportunity to make money, but you, they give it back to you. And if they didn't give it back, you could take the property. Yes, everyone's saying yes. So start with that. Give first charge security to somebody. Find a great deal and the money will find you because the money is in the house. The money's in the property. It's in there to protect you. Anybody can start this game. It starts with knowledge, time, and money. You can get the, You have the time. You can gain the knowledge. The money is everywhere. It's everywhere. Now, I want to share this one with you. This is my favorite technique of all in property. It's tenant buyers. And here's why. So work with me, guys. Work with me. A lot of people don't even know what it is. Who's never heard of tenant buyers, by the way? Just give me a me in the chat box if you've never heard of tenant buyers. But who's never heard of it? So work with me, guys. Work with me because this is this is a huge opportunity. Average age of a first-time buyer. A lot of people never heard of this. Average age of a first-time buyer is thirty-seven. In London, the southeast is mid-fifties. We're in generation rent. Most people will never be able to get on or up the property ladder. And first-time tenant buyers is a very simple thing. Where the government tried help to buy, the government tried shared ownership. They're all a mess. They're all a big problem for most people, but. Rent-to-buy, tenant-buyers, where you'll allow a tenant to rent a property off you, but instead of just renting them as a tenant, they agree up front a future purchase price so they can rent and buy at the same time. Now, they because they're going to be buying it, they, as a tenant and a buyer, a tenant-buyer, they have a right to buy, so they are responsible for their own maintenance. There's no moids because they're not leaving. And there's no need for a letting agent to manage a buyer. So no boards, no maintenance, no letting fees. Landlords are losing typically 25% of the rental income on boards, maintenance, and management. 12% to letting agents, 8% on boards, or 8% on maintenance and probably about 5% on boards. 25% of rental income. You can put 25% on your bottom line margin by having a tenant buyer over a tenant. Plus, you can charge what's called a top up on top of the rent. So because they're renting it with an option to buy, they pay you a lump sum up front towards their purchase, and they pay you monthly on top of their rent, money going towards their purchase. And you help them save up the deposit while they're renting off you. Then they buy. If they choose not to buy, they walk away. All of that money is not refundable. So you're doing a great thing for society to help people get on the property ladder, and you're making a lot more money at the same time. You can get serviced accommodation returns, HMO returns from rent-to-buy properties all across the UK. This makes single net buy buy-to-net work everywhere. Give me a number five in the chat, if you're loving the idea of tenant-buyers, by the way. Number five, this is phenomenal. It is huge. And this is going to be a mainstream technique by 2030, 2035, everyone. You'll see rent-to-buy signs everywhere. But the thing is, if you get in now, and right, if you get in now, You can make a fortune on rent to buy because you're getting it at the start. okay? And you don't even need to own the house, by the way. You could take a property on a lease option or an exchange with delayed completion, and then put a tenant buyer in, and they buy it off you in the future, and you sat in the middle and never actually owned the house. You could structure deals for people who were in negative equity. This is going to be huge for negative equity people, Instead of them selling it at a loss, they could give, you could help them structure a deal to a tenant buyer. Phenomenal, phenomenal opportunity to make cash in these techniques, guys. Is that legal? Yes, yeah. Paul oh, Peter, it's legal, right? Of course, it's legal. You do it's all done with solicitors. It's think about the help to buy scheme, but instead of them doing a help to buy scheme or a shared ownership scheme, shared ownership twenty five percent share, that should be made illegal. Help to buy as they rent it, rent to buy. Sorry, as they rent it. And buy it later, but you just agree a price up front. So huge, huge, huge opportunity. Opportunity, guys, is everywhere in a crisis. In a crisis, there's opportunities everywhere. By the way, give me a yes if you're beginning to see that you have got a lot to think about in property, a lot to learn, but some massive opportunities right now. But if you knew some, if you knew a fraction of this stuff, you would print money in property investing. Right now, lots of opportunity. A lot of yeses are coming through. Oh, yes. A lot of yeses coming through. Then hell yeses. So right now, guys, this is the biggest property investing opportunity in history. Over the next 12 to 18 months, there's going to be some a lot of money made in property. Now, I'm not going to say that everybody's going to become multimillionaires. But you know what? It's going to absolutely propel you in the start of your journey to build multimillion-pound business over, over the next few years. Over the next few years, the next few months, you can easily replace your income through property. And for some of you, become millionaires in property. But what's more important, by the way? Let me know in the chat box what's more important, replace your income or become a millionaire? Have the choice to leave your job and replace your income or have a million quid in the bank. Which would you prefer? Replace income. Replace your income. Oh, a couple of people have said millionaire. Well, the thing you could be a millionaire and buy one house, you still have to work. I know a lot of people who are equity millionaires sitting in a house and there's still a slave job, a job slave, a slave job, a job slave. Replace the income gives you freedom. It gets your time back. And when you get your time back, then you can start to become millionaires with that available extra free time. Get your time back first. Mindset, guys, most people would choose the money over the time back. But the the replacement of the income over a lifetime is worth way more than being stuck in a just over broke job, Barry. Absolutely. So, I hope you enjoyed the day. I hope you got value. See you later. You've been awesome, and see you all soon.